You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 66. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey everybody, I've got a, another solo episode for you today. I've really been loving doing these episodes and sprinkling them in with my interviews because last year was pretty interview heavy, but I want to be deliberate about the solo episodes that I do so that not only can you find out what's sort of going on and the things that I can offer you, but at the same time, just really connect with you one-on-one. Um, if you guys are familiar with Tiffany Hahn and her podcast, Raise Your Hand, Say Yes, she does a ton of solo episodes and I just really, really love them. And I feel like she's talking directly to me. I feel like she's my friend. Um, and I really hope that that's how you guys feel as you listen to these episodes because they are unfiltered, pretty much unedited, um, and just really real. And just me talking to you from my heart with what's going on and sort of what's coming up. And that's what I want to do in the first part of this episode is just sort of update you on some housekeeping things, some things that you can look out for. And then the second part of the episode is going to be dedicated to the process of inquiry. So I'm actually going to be including an inquiry meditation that you can do. Um, an inquiry to me is just the process of figuring out what's going on with you, like at any moment. And this is a skill. So it might seem a little bit weird at the beginning if you have never done it before, if you've never meditated, if you've ne- if you're like really resistant to being alone with your thoughts. It can be, like I said, scary. It can be really uncomfortable. But I know that this is one of the most important skills that you can develop as you navigate life, especially for us that might struggle with food, that might struggle with our bodies, that are maybe struggling with business and just basically going through life, you know, so anybody. And as you guys heard in the episode that I did last week with Jolene Park, we women, is it us women or we women, whatever, um, we are sort of susceptible to that numbing behavior. And I am somebody who has been really honest about my own struggles with having that sort of addicty part of myself. Um, I know that I might seem like I have it together and 
you know, I've worked really, 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 really hard over the past like eight years. Um, but I do still have my moments of struggle. So I'm the type of person that just gets really addicted to things like really, really easily and can get into that sort of like workaholism mode, like isolation, head down, sort of just grinding. And that's another addiction in and of itself. So like I constantly have to be checking myself and I don't know that I'll ever get to this place that I'm like enlightened or like not having these things that go on in my brain. Um, And I know that some of you might relate. And that's why I like to sort of talk about this information and let you know that I am there too. I've just done a lot of work over the years that I try to share on this podcast that has really helped me a lot because I used to think like, oh, because I had an eating disorder or because I have my own um, struggles with alcohol and definitely gone through my social media like addictions and with my scrolling and online shopping and money. I've recently started talking about that, how money and food are not that different and especially shopping. Um, I definitely want to be talking more about that and sort of like conscious consumerism and the way that we spend money and being smart about the way that we spend money and not just using it as like a coping behavior But throughout the years, I've really tried to dedicate time to why I want to numb. So all of those things that I just talked about are things that I use to sort of leave myself when I feel uncomfortable at any situation. So we can eat, we can uh, drink something, we can shop, we can go have sex with somebody if that's our thing. Um, I personally know people in my life that struggle with that. Um, We... Uh, what else? Um, we throw ourselves into our work. We argue with somebody so, or we eat sugar. So any of these things that happen are just coping mechanisms to sort of leave ourselves, numb ourselves. And it is a really prevalent thing. And it's something that's sort of celebrated. Like you might even have a buddy that you do these things with like, oh, we had such a bad day. Let's go zone out and get drunk. Or let's go um, eat a bunch of food that really just makes us feel like crap. And I used to have those friends in my life that were like my people that I would do my numbing activities with. And as I've sort of grown, the relationships just don't serve me anymore. So I recognize that that part of myself is something that might always be with me. So that's why I focus on just trying to have other things in my life. If you guys follow Lee from America, at Lee from America um, on Instagram, she talks a lot about this too, the fact that she also had eating disorders, struggled with drugs and alcohol, and she just sort of has to catch herself when she's slipping into those behaviors again. And again, it can be with anything. So like we talked about last week with Jolene, it can be sugar and alcohol, and that sort of messes with our brain chemistry from a physiological and psychological perspective. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I just remember being on that roller coaster of just like eating and drinking and eating and drinking and feeling like so terrible, not knowing that there was a way out, not knowing that there was a way that could be more sustainable and healthier. But it all just really comes down to figuring out what is happening. Because the reason that we numb 
the reason that we want to leave situations or when things get too hard, we don't think that we can handle it is because exactly that we don't think that we can handle it and it seems too hard. So we're like, okay, I'm just going to do the easiest thing. But I've learned that the easiest thing is not always the best thing. And that's what I've really learned in, especially in 2018, that just because we do some, we want to do something or that it tastes good or it's easy or that it entertains us. I posted something about Instagram on this about Insta, no, (laughs) on Instagram about this last week, just because it does all these things and it feels amazing, like doesn't mean that we should do it. And that's me talking to myself because that's a reminder that I constantly give myself. And I think that sometimes people might have a different perception of me. They just might think that I am, um, you know, because I unknowingly sometimes put on this facade uh, that I just, you know, if somebody just meets me, they might just see me eat healthy food and they might see me say no to drinking and then they just might see me go to bed early and they might make their assumptions on that. Like, oh, she's just like, you know, boring and too good and she has it you know all together and that is so false um there's a lot of stuff that goes on with me you know behind the scenes that I always try to share about that I go through these same struggles too but the difference um that has you know the thing that has made a biggest the biggest difference for me is really just getting into those healthy coping mechanisms to things that will be, will make me feel good after I do them because I spent, oh my God, I don't know, decades, at least two decades, um, really running away from myself and not thinking that I can handle anything. And now that I've learned to be present, kicking and screaming sometimes, I might add, uh, I know that we can handle anything that comes our way and we don't need any substance. We don't need social media. We don't even need to even call somebody in that moment. And I encourage you to sit with yourself because I know a lot of people like that too, that the moment they go through something, they just call somebody because they can't take it. But I don't think that there's a better skill for life than knowing to just be with yourself and be alone with yourself and knowing that you can take care of yourself. And you might not be there yet. And that's totally fine because it can seem scary because we don't have the evidence yet that we can do it. But the only way that we can get that evidence is by sort of doing it. And, you know, I really recommend The Power of Now, which is an amazing book that almost everybody talks about when I ask them about what their favorite book is or a book that had an impact on them. That sort of teaches you to be present. But the inquiry practice that I'm going to be sharing a little bit later is... um, from Janine Roth and her book, Women, Food, and God, because she's just awesome. And actually, this meditation that I'm going to be sharing at the end of the episode is in my program, Intuitive Eating School, and my old program, uh, Food Freedom Club, which um, that's shifted to now be Intuitive Eating School. And um, we just wrapped that up, and I loved loved the women in that course. I feel like everybody who was in there was meant to be there. Everybody had huge shifts and just really became aware of themselves and learned to sit with themselves. And every week we would show up on the calls and 
It was really powerful. And I love holding space for people like that um, as they go through this because I've been through it so many times. So I know exactly what it feels like through so many parts of this journey. So intuitive eating school is going to be offered again either in April or May. Pretty sure it's going to be April. Um, and it's a group coaching program that, you know, I cap it at eight women. That's how many women were in this course uh, with me towards the end of last year. So just be on the lookout for that. That's not happening um, for another couple months, but just be on the radar. The goal of that is to, we go through an eating protocol at the beginning, and then the goal is to just sort of find a way of eating that works for you. So I give you sort of guidelines and let you know how the body works, how the brain works, how certain foods work in your body. And then you come up with your way of eating that works for your goals. I let you know what happens with weight loss, if you want to maintain, if you want to work out, like how all of those things affect your physiology. And then you get in the driver's seat and you are able to come up with a way of eating that works for you. So that's intuitive eating school. Intuitive cooking school is my six-week cooking school program. And those are my two signature programs, you guys. So this past year in 2018 in business, I tried a bunch of stuff. A lot of it stuck. Um, A lot of it I learned from. So those are always the two options. Like you either win or you learn. So it's all okay. Um, But I figured out that these are my two signature products, the things that I'm going to be running twice a year each year. And that's going to be how it is going forward. I am probably going to do a course around how to speak to your kids about eating. Um, That's going to come mid-year maybe, but that might be just like another bonus course that I do because I get that all the time. And you guys have heard me speak to my mom on episode two uh, about our own journey with food and sort of understanding her perspective with feeding me and how she was with me around my body when I was little. And we have grown so much together, but I know that so many of you out there struggle with this, that like you don't know how to help your daughter or your son because you don't want to control them or mess them up or whatever it is. And I have really come to have an amazing grasp on this through practicing with others and doing my own research. So I will probably either do a DIY course, which just means like you do the education on your own, but I might do a coaching course for parents um, on how to help their kids with their eating in a really healthy way. So that might be the other course that I do later, but Intuitive Cooking School is coming at the beginning of February. And if you are an NTP, you will be able to get continuing education credit if you take this course, which makes me so excited that you know, I've partnered with the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association, to do this and to have that available to you. You can get six CEUs if you take it. It's the only cooking course available and it teaches you how to cook without recipes. So I basically teach 15 methods and we don't focus on recipes, really. We focus on methods so that you really learn those 15 methods like inside and out and then you can take whatever you have at home and just make stuff. And that to me 
is a lot simpler. It's a lot more sustainable than having to rely on a recipe because if you do a recipe, of course, like you might have something delicious that comes out of it. But a lot of the times, especially like I've learned this just from talking to people, you don't really learn anything. You just rely on the recipe. And I'm teaching you the skeleton of cooking, like literally the foundations of cooking so you can take it on your own. So that is a six-week course. It's going to be starting on, I don't know the exact date, but around the first week of February. Well, I'm going to do probably my Prep Like a Pro 2.0 launch. And that was super successful last year. I got so many rave reviews around Prep Like a Pro. So that is going to be offered at the beginning of February. And then I am going to launch into a cooking school around mid-February. And I'll have it start probably at the beginning of March um, will be the start date, but you will be able to purchase it sometime mid-February. And it's super fun. I am going to be along with you in the journey. So I'm going to be offering a lot of batch cooking plans and going along them with you at the same time, except the week of my wedding, which is right in the middle of there. Um, But I will still be in contact with you each and every week doing my cooking lives, helping you guys out because as you know, I think that cooking is one of the most uh, incredible skills that you can have. Like unless you can afford for somebody to cook for you or go out to eat all the time, you kind of have to cook. And... um, you know, I'd say that's probably like 90% of people. So it's just sometimes a thing that's standing in between you and where you want to go. And it doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, scary and annoying. Uh, it, it can be something enjoyable and it can be simple and you can plan and be organized. And, um, that's how I lost all of my weight you know, over the years is just by learning to make things and liking them. That's like what it comes down to. So um, those are the two courses and then possibly a third course. I also wanted to mention my mastermind again. I didn't talk about it again last week. There are only a couple spots left, only a handful of spots for the beginning of this year. And what to say about the mastermind? It's just probably my favorite thing of all that I've ever done, the thing that I am most excited about. And yesterday I received some pictures from my best friend, Michelle Kanar, who is a photographer in Chicago. You can find her at Michelle Kanar photo um, on Instagram. Kanar is K-A-N-A-A-R. And I was looking at the pictures of myself and sort of not comparing them, but like I put them in my Instagram story. And I, as I was going through my Instagram story, I got a glance of the cover of this podcast now, which is a photo of me taken about two years ago. And as I was clicking through seeing that old photo and then this new photo, I was like, oh my God, like this is not the same person. Um, This is a person who is becoming herself. And it makes me almost a little bit emotional to talk about this and to say this because I have gone through such a big transformation. And when I speak about transformation, I know a lot of people crap on uh, Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, because she's telling everybody to change. And, you know, I kind of like her. I know a lot of people are not a fan of her. Um, I, um, yeah, I like that book. 
Um, and, you know, it's not like my favorite book, but I do um, follow her on Instagram and I see what she has to say. And a lot of people don't like it because she, you know, is telling everybody to change or you can change. And then that gets me thinking like, oh no, are people thinking that I am telling them that they're not good enough now? And that is not what I'm saying at all. It's just that I know that many of you out there might be, you know, sick of how you're feeling or you're stuck or you just like think that things won't get better because that was me. That was me for, oh my God, like my whole life almost just thinking that like legitimately thinking, and this is my own issue (laughs) with my thinking uh, back then that like everybody has it better. Everybody has it easier. I do not belong here. That was like my story. You don't belong there. Like you belong over here where like things aren't as awesome because you don't deserve it because you don't think you're worthy. Like that's what was happening, but I didn't know that that was happening. And even though I've had a business for a long time, uh, it isn't until this past year and a half that things have really changed. And I saw it in those pictures because I didn't even know it was an option to do what I wanted to do, to heal myself, to, um, you know, not that I'm like fully healed or anything, but I didn't know that it was an option for me to be who I wanted to be, to have the life that I wanted to live because it just seemed so hard and overwhelming and I didn't know where to start. But it wasn't until I really dove in headfirst, um, paid money, and had somebody help me through this process that I became comfortable having this transformation. And again, like the biggest thing for me was business this past few, this past year and a half um, in terms of like my growth. Like that is just a vehicle for growth. For a long time, it was food. Uh, And I grew a lot there and I'm still growing all the time with that and sort of dedicating myself to paying attention and being aware. But with business, it's like you got to put yourself out there. You have to talk. You have to say, hey, buy this thing that I think might help you and that or that might resolve a problem that you might have or, you know, you want a specific outcome or solution and I can be the person to help you get there. And I it was really hard for me in the first month. Like I talked about how going to that first retreat in LA, I was like nauseous, literally like, like not knowing what, what I like, just so scared to, to go through that. And it was so, so, so much better than I could have ever imagined. And just really becoming confident through taking a lot of action And being somebody who is now just sort of on a rocket ship to, because I believe in myself and because of like, you know, waded through the tough stuff and gotten out of the quicksand and really transformed. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, oh my God, that's me too. And I'm stuck. And I don't know if I deserve these things. You deserve it. It is possible for you. The life that you want of freedom is possible for you. You know, back when I first started my business, it wasn't super easy. And I got to, I worked my butt off. I wasn't charging enough. 
Um, I was not making as much money as I knew that I deserved. And this past year, I streamlined my business. You know, I have two businesses, my cooking business and then my online business. And just for my cooking business this year, I was able to make over $75,000 just working less than two days a week. And that blew my mind. When I was in corporate America, uh, six or maybe eight years ago, I got a pay cut and I was making $30,000 working 50 hours a week and um, making 500 bucks a week. So so like 2000 a month. And um, I just was like, okay, like this is just it. And then now through a lot of work, you know, many, many years, I was able to make, you know, two and a half, literally two and a half times that in one fifth of the time, like probably 10 hours a week, 10 or 12 hours a week, I was able to make that much money. And that blew my mind because I did it myself, but it only happened because I hired somebody to help me. And I probably could have fast forwarded all those years of stress and worry and overwhelm and not knowing what to do just by joining my mastermind. And because my experience has been so deep on so many levels, and I'm going to share like some pictures that you can see of like my evolution that has happened of like my own process of becoming, um, you can see the transformation that I went through like tangibly. And that's what I saw yesterday. So the mastermind is starting in two weeks. I am um, talking to people this whole week, you know, I've been talking to people when you listen to this, it'll be, um, the week after I am recording this, but I've been talking to people, interviewing them to make sure that they're a good fit, because I know that every person, um, I know that the integrity of the group, um, you know, matters and one person can throw off that energy. So I've been doing an extensive interview process, making sure that everybody that comes in is right for the group and can contribute. But you are going to get one-on-one coaching with me, group coaching, access to my network. So whether you are a health and fitness professional, whether you work in a health field, um, then I encourage you to apply, even if you're scared. Um, I have been working with everybody to make sure that like the payment has been something that they can feel comfortable with. Um, or uncomfortable with even because sometimes like we only change if we're like a little bit uncomfortable and that has been my experience. So definitely apply to the Heart Biz Mastermind, you guys. I want to help you. That is my mission on earth. And I have had three business coaches this past year, actually. So I was in a business mastermind this past year in 2018. Then I hired another business coach to help me just like with my offerings, like just really like um, concentrated work with her to help me with my offerings and my sales process. So I worked with her for a couple months and I'm still working with her and I love her. Um, But we were having our, oh, and then I joined a new mastermind for this year for 2019 with um, Michael Zeller, who has a mastermind called the Rising Stars Mastermind. And I am like the newbie in the group and I am so excited and scared to be in that group. And in two weeks, I'm going to Nashville to meet everybody. So I'm super excited about that and scared um, if I'm being totally honest. But as I was talking to my other business coach, and again, 
I will always invest because now that I've like seen what it's like, it's like I can't ever go back to not having support. And I promise that if you show up and if you take action, money comes. The universe responds to speed. It responds to audacity. It responds to action. And I just, I, I hate saying that like the universe like helps out with business because like what the heck are people <laughs> going to think when like they need to make money? But I swear to God, it responds exactly to your beliefs of self-worth. Um, and that is when I talk about my own process of becoming, that is it. It is embodying my worthiness, which I think is like the number one um, default that we all think that we have. I mean, I had it, like I still have my moments where I do have it, but I was having my review call with um, one of my business coaches this past week, and we were just talking about like how things, you know, what I've learned and and what uh, what changes have happened in my business. And she said something really powerful to me that I'm never going to forget because she put it into words. And sometimes, like, I love getting support because people see stuff in you that you can't see. And I love doing that for others. I love seeing what they can't see and guiding them with, you know, my own expertise that I've learned over the years. Um, But she was saying, like, you know what? Like, this isn't cooking. Like, this isn't just nutrition and cooking um, or business, even though like you're savvy in those things. She's like, this is helping women feel comfortable in their skin. And that is exactly what this is. All of these different avenues and these amazing things in order to feel more comfortable, in order to feel like you can be who it is that you want to be and just feel comfortable in your skin. Even though you might have like these, uh, you know, these voices pop up sometimes that tell you like, you're the worst. Like I still have those voices too. And you might always have them and I might always have them, but now we have tools and now we have ways of sort of not letting that shit get in our way. And that is my mission for women and the things that I teach cooking and nutrition and business and mindfulness are just avenues to get there. Like you cook so you can make amazing food so you can feel good. You can feel amazing in your body because if we're cloudy and brain foggy and low energy, we can't do the things in this world that we can. And also in the mastermind, we're going to be doing um, nutrition coaching too for people that need it because that matters. So it's going to be business coaching like 98%, but we are also going to have a foundation of self-care and nutrition. So (laughs) that was a little bit long um, of sort of what is happening, but Um, I wanted to, again, talk about this inquiry thing and I sort of touched upon why it's important, but I wanted to do one, give you guys an example of inquiry of Janine Roth, um, that she talks about in her book, like I said, women, food and God. So let's just go through the process. So if you're like driving, maybe do it now, but just don't close your eyes, obviously, um, And keep this somewhere. Keep this like, well, obviously it's going to be posted on the internet on iTunes, but know that this is always here for you. Know that this is something that you can always come back to. If you're in that moment where it gets like sticky and itchy and you don't know what to do, 
that's a great time to do inquiry, even though you guys, you're not going to feel like doing it. So just expect that. Just expect the resistance because you're going to want to, it's so much easier to go do something else. But doing this and taking action on this is the way that we can sort of figure ourselves out, get through pain, get through discomfort, get through uncertainty, which are all part of everyday life. So let's get started. I'm going to put on my meditation voice. So give yourself 20 minutes in which you won't be disturbed. Sense your body. Feel the surface you are sitting on. Notice the point of contact your skin is making with your clothes. Be aware of your feet as they touch the floor. Feel yourself inhabiting your arms, your legs, your chest, your hands. Ask yourself what you're sensing right now and where you are sensing it. Be precise. Do you feel tingling, pulsing, tightening? Do you feel warmth or coolness? Are the sensations in your chest, your back, your throat, your arms? Start with the most compelling sensations and ask these questions. Does this sensation have shape, volume, texture, color? How does it affect me to feel this? Is there anything difficult about feeling this? Is it familiar? How old do I feel when I feel this? Side note, that is a really good one. Because sometimes when we feel stuff, we revert back to the age that it happened. So little side note there. What happens as I feel it directly? At this point, you might begin associating a sensation with a memory or a particular feeling like sadness or loneliness. And you might have a reaction. Might want to close down, go away, stop writing. Remember that a sensation is an immediate primary experience located in the body whereas a reaction is a secondary experience located in the mind. Some examples of reactions are the desire to eat compulsively, telling yourself that your pain will never end, comparing how or what you feel to how you want to feel, comparing the present experience to your past experience, comparing yourself to someone else, making up a story about what is going on. When you notice that you are reacting to what you are experiencing, come back to your body. Sense what is going on in your chest, your legs, your back, your belly. Inquiry is about allowing your direct and immediate experience to unfold. It is not about a story you are constructing in your mind. Recognize, name, and disengage from the voice. We all have it. If you feel small, collapsed, or powerless, it is usually a sign that the voice is present. The voice says things like, you will never be good enough. Hello, that's me. You will never change. You deserve to suffer. You are a failure, a bad person, unlovable, stupid, worthless, fat, ugly. Any feelings of shame are a response to the voice. And you guys, the, the voice is not our natural state. It is... Our protection, negativity, this is me talking right here. Uh, it's, you know, the protection of our brains. It is our ego and it is not real and you don't have to listen to it. To continue with the inquiry, you must disengage from the voice since, since its intent is to keep you circumscribed by its definition of safe and to maintain the status quo. If recognizing its presence does not dispel it, you can say, back off, or go away, 
or go pick on someone your own size. Keep it short. Keep it simple. I say, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, Keep it simple. A successful disengagement diffuses the voice and releases the sensations. Whenever you notice that you are engaged in a reaction or are distracted, confused, numb, or out of touch, go back to sensing your body. Side note to me, just go back to the senses. So what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I tasting? Did I say smelling? Just go to your senses and that is a good way to get into the present and feel the ground. Whenever you notice that you are engaged in a reaction or are distracted, confused, number out of touch, go back to sensing your body. I just said that. Pay attention to secrets, thoughts, or feelings you've censored. When those arise, be curious about them. Be curious about what's hidden in them. Don't try to direct the inquiry with your mind. If you have an agenda or preferences, i.e., you don't want to feel needy or angry or hateful, the inquiry won't unfold. As the Tibetan Buddhists say, be like a child, astonished at everything. Remember, inquiry is a practice. It's not something you quote-unquote get the first or tenth time around, which I'm, I see you. You type A people, you want to like master this, and that was me. But remember, it's a practice. The point isn't to get good. What matters is that you showed up to your inquiry practice. Like that's enough. The fact that like you showed up there and you decided to go within instead of doing something like physical outside. Um, I don't mean like running outside instead of like eating or whatever it is if like you're not hungry. Um, So just remember that it's a practice. You don't do inquiry to get something. You do it because you want to find out who you are when you are not conditioned by your past or your ideas of what a good person is supposed to be. Each time you do it, you learn more. Each time you learn more, you continue the process of dismantling the stale, repetitive version of your ego self. With each, with each inquiry, you have the chance to discover that you are not who you think you are. What a relief. And that is really beautiful. And I want you guys to keep that in your back pocket. Know that it is always there for you. Soon you do not need to um, listen to this in order to get there. Use this as a tool in the beginning. But eventually I would love for you to just be able to do it when you can. Ask maybe five questions. What am I seeing right now? What am I smelling? What am I feeling? What is, where is the pain like emotional pain in my body because that's why we want to know we feel something's painful or uncomfortable what does it look like what's its shape what is causing this what memories are coming up going within is the most important skill that you can learn in your life and I hope that after listening to this episode that you have felt a little bit more comfortable with going there um, because we all should be able to go there and I hope that if that with my work you have gotten a little closer to who you really are. So I will talk to you guys next week. I love you and let me know how you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends. 
and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.